0: Hey, Race to Rise fam.
1: we Rhonda and Renee, and we are back with a dose of r Happy end of February. Yeah. We made it. Another month.
0: <laughs> we made it. Spring is around the corner, but it's a bit crazy, yeah, because just as I'm like, okay, the world is starting to get normal, and I'm saying that because, honestly, I've been living in a bubble. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, last week during Storm Yanis, I decided to get my hair done, and- mm-hmm. I got on the train and I was like, oh my God, like it's Friday at like two and it was packed. So I'm like, okay, like the world is getting back into things, right? And now I'm like, okay, we just getting over the pandemic and now it looks like freaking World War Three is about to happen. And I'm just like, yo, what is Ooh. going on? Like, I thought I was able to like exhale and focus on project 4.0, but now I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what project-
1: I do want do you to focus on that. Cause that's a big project. <laughs> That's a, that's a big project, but yeah, it's just, it it's almost feels like humanity, we just can't we can't catch a break. There's always something um, that we either need to be prepared for or afraid of, so here we are. Just yeah. A little chit-chat, a little chin-wag, as the Brits say.
0: No, that's it, that's it, and it's just like, I don't know, I was just trying to focus on some Black girl magic, you know, um, I'm a little biased, for those who don't already know, from Miami, Florida- Went to the university of florida go gators and i was just so happy to see history being made or about to be made um aaron jackson she graduated from the university of florida in 2015 and she made history at the winter olympics um, she is the first black woman to win an individual speed skating gold medal um yeah, and she was the first to do that uh, as a black woman in Beijing in 2018. I love
1: well. it. I love it. I can yeah. barely walk straight, but like, kill it. Go ahead, Erin. Do you
0: think? Yeah, okay. and I mean, it's amazing because she's 29, and she's hoping that we, you know, by her, you know, being on the stage, that it will empower and you know encourage more minorities in the U.S. to try some winter sports. And I'm not gonna lie, you know, at my age. 39. I've never gone skiing, but I'm like I would love to try so that Chloe could embrace it. But um yeah, kudos to her and hopefully more of mm-hmm. us will, you know, enter these territories that weren't occupied by us. So
1: mm-hmm. love to see it. I won't I won't be doing it, but I love to see it.
0: Yeah. it. <laughs> this is great, man. It's great to see someone from your from your university making waves. Uh okay. the second person who made waves who's from Miami um, is Katanji Brown Jackson, and she will be President Joe Biden's uh, nominee for Supreme, uh, the Supreme Court um, following mm-hmm. the retirement of Justice Stephen Breyer, who said he's going to step aside. So yeah, assuming that uh, Senate embraces it, then she will be the first Black woman to sit on the Supreme Court, and that is Miami-Dade, Harvard-educated. So just sprinkling some more black girl magic in the universe, yeah.
1: We love it, we love it. And, you know, we talk about this all the time, the fact that, goodness, you know, every year there's a first, there's a first, there's a first, but there's gotta be a first, whether it be a second, a third, and then ultimately this becomes the norm. So we're so happy to see it. So happy for your hometown. I'm gonna have to go dig up the news this week to see what happened in Brooklyn, but I heard <laughs> <laughs> by the next episode, y'all, I promise I will have something brilliant that came out of Brooklyn, but yeah, big up Miami, like huge, huge, huge. And huge for us just as women to see other women succeeding. and such a great example. Uh, I remember as soon as the news came about um, about her, they there was a a young girl who like dressed as her
0: um and
1: there were snaps of it on on instagram and you think wow you know like it's not even official yet and the the joy and hope and promise that it's igniting in the next generation is so special to see so that's phenomenal
0: and it's also good to see a leader like follow through on what he said he was going to do right this was one of the promises that you know president biden said on his campaign and so
1: Well, I need him to cancel these student loans, child, so um, Joe, if you're listening, if you're listening, Joe, tuned in. This is Rondat, (laughs) and um, it wasn't a firm promise, but it was a loose, you know, agreement that you said you would look at canceling these, So, so yes, add that to your list kindly, please and thank you.
0: Now he's probably trying to deal with this crisis that we're all like, is this really happening?
1: Yeah. So for the spirit of transparency for everyone that's listening in, you know, typically in advance, Renee and I will think about a few episodes in advance and we'll say, we'll do this, we'll do that. You know, we we try to plot them out, um, especially given time constraints and things like that. But we will always, to the extent that's possible, show up and speak out on things that are happening in the world because that's just life and it's just important. So hopefully you appreciate this episode and you know, we're able to share what we know and we don't at any point by any means uh, try to indicate that we know everything because we don't and we know this is an evolving story but we definitely wanted to speak out about it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think for me, I'm still like a bit confused with Mm -hmm. what is going on, to be honest. Like, you know, there's been talks about it but to actually see in my lifetime, our lifetime, like another country invade another country. I'm like, oh my goodness, like, huh? And I know that there's been other, you know, challenges across the world, but I guess we are in Europe and, you know, I know it's not like right next door, but we're closer than some of our loved ones with all this happening. And there are knock on implications, right? Like. of our oil and gas comes from Russia. Like you need to to know
1: the stats because I do not even know that 40%.
0: 40% like we work in banking, like we work in the city. There's like $2.7 trillion of financial activity. It comes in Russia is like a, a huge player. Like there's just a lot of elements in this that, you know, it's, it's just crazy and I know that back home you know some people not just back home but like anywhere people are like okay what does that have to do with me but it's mm-hmm. like like no this is real like you know we're already trying to we're on very uh I would say like shaky grounds when it comes to recovering from this pandemic when the world was on on ice so you know, financially it's been a challenge. We all have been talking about how food has gone up the roof. The whole supply chain has been messed up. Like we've seen it in our own back pockets and our salaries have been flat, right? Mm. It hasn't really gone up. And now this where Russia does have a huge play in the oil and gas space, it's just, um, it's crazy. And also to just see people trying to flee, like that's also insane, right? Like women, Children. Kid, uh, men are being told, hey, if you're between 18 and 60 and you're fit, guess what, man, you got to stay, you know, and like, what you have to stay for something you don't even believe you didn't ask for. It's just nuts. And imagine
1: you know? they not preparing for that either, because from what I've seen, if you think about, um, you know, the budget that Ukraine has had for wars, like they've not been preparing Extensively for something like that, I might bring some stats. Let me just see if I can find them quickly because so I remember they were just recently on CNN. And I'm I'm by no means saying CNN needs to be the, you know, be all and end all. But there's an article that they posted two days ago. It says heavily armed Russian troops are pushing rapidly towards the capital, um, and U.S. officials are warning the city could fall within days. And that was two days ago, and we've seen things pro- progress from there. Uh, and then there's a comparison chart. Uh, I don't know if we will actually show the video of this this recording, but it's a comparison chart chart that says um, in comparison. So active personnel, Ukraine has 196,000. Russia has almost a million. Wow. Reserve personnel, 900,000. Russia has 2 million. Um, Aircrafts, for example, Ukraine has 132. Russia has um, 1,391. Uh, helicopters, Ukraine has 55. 55, I'm not talking about 1,000, 55. Uh, Russia has almost a 1,000. Wow. Submarines, uh, Ukraine has zero. Russia has 49. And then in terms of spending budget, and again, I'm getting this from CNN, so this you know take it for what it is. In terms of spend- spending budget, Ukraine has almost 5 billion, uh, and this is in US dollars, and Russia has 46 billion. So it's already not a, a level playing. I mean, think of how large Russia is as a country. Yeah. And think about all the things we, we've seen and witnessed in our childhood from, I don't know about you, but I remember when I was small, it was still the USSR yeah. and Soviet Union. And you would see, you know, we kind of had to learn these things over time. So even recently, I think maybe pre-pandemic, so that'd be three years ago, my mom and I went to Bosnia and we were like seeing like the impact of, of war yeah. on Bosnia. As well. So like all the things that we've seen coming up now, and you still think to yourself, well, that happened in the early 90s. Yeah, I remember being like five or six and seeing that in the, you know, on the news. We are seeing that now. Um, but let's not mistake it. We've been seeing wars happen in Iraq. Yeah, We've been seeing things happen, you know, the US dipping their hands in Haiti. We have been seeing this happen all over. And yeah. this is where I step in and I become a bit inflammatory because we've seen this before and there is a reporter on CBS who made a comment not Fox CBS who made a comment and I may be slightly misquoting him but it was something along the lines of this is not Iraq this is not Afghanistan you know this is this is this is the Ukraine this is you know the the, the city of I think they pronounce it Kiev and um, what were his words exactly you know of a fairly reasonably quote-unquote civilized city with civilized people who you know look like me (laughs) so I would never expect this to happen and it just sent me through the roof right and there's so much going on in the media in both directions so we're 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 being overfed and then we're being underfed Mm. so being overfed in that In the best way possible, you see a lot of GoFundMes, you're seeing a lot of like Red Cross raise money for, um, prayers for Ukraine. What kills me, okay, is when I see these countries across the world, including good old UK, lighting up the London Eye, lighting up the this, lighting up the Eiffel Tower with the colors of the flag of the country that's suffering. Sorry, what does that do to help the country? So you see all of that happening. And then you see all the hashtags, prayer, praying for Ukraine, prayers for Ukraine. Okay, uh, we're getting that, I and mean, we know it's a whole, like some of these. Like I saw the video where like the Russian tank like runs over this old man's car. Like I mean, you, yeah, ooh. Wow. you see, you know, men saying goodbye to their 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 children and to their partners. People rushing to get on trains. People, you know, walking with carry-ons and that's like their life. They don't know if they're going to come back and what they're coming back to. Um, and even the story of of the president, what is it, Zelensky is his name. Yeah. I haven't messed it up. You know, I didn't even know he was a comedian. So he was I didn't realize either. Yeah. And
0: it's very interesting because his show was about a history teacher who then decided to run for president. Right? Yeah. And that's actually like art mimicking real life because he then effectively left the entertainment industry to become president. And I mean, he's target number one. And, you know- Of he's- course,
1: and he's he's a full-on G. He's like, I think one of his quotes in the recent days was, um, you know, they were trying to secure exile for him and get him in his escape route. And he was like, I don't need a ride. I need guns. <laughs> like, yeah. I ain't going nowhere. This is my country. And even his backstory of his- um, I was reading this morning, so there were four brothers who were killed during the Holocaust, um, four Ukrainian Jer- Jews. Uh, four brothers were killed. No, there were four brothers, three were killed, one survived, and that one was his grandfather. Oh, wow. So even think about, there's so many layers to oppression, right? You know, if we, even if as we think about take out the rest of the, the world and the other continents and how people treat Asians, how people treat Africans, how people treat people in the Caribbean and South America, et cetera, et cetera. And you just leave it to Europe. It's not lost on me that as you go further East, you know, there, the, you just see the discrimination pile up and pile up and pile up and pile up. And, you know, if you're French and you're, you know, British, you know, you're Scottish, you're Irish, not even Irish. Let me take that back. You know, but as you go more West in Europe, you're, you're more the ideal, right? Mm-hmm. So even within these you know, European um, broader communities, there's a levels of discrimination there. So we see some of that play out as well. And that's based on religion, that's based on language, that's based on history in general. Where we're being underfed in the media and where I have to say something is along the lines of a lot of these African students who are there, they're med students, they're veterinary students, a lot of Jamaican students, and I'm sure a P- few places from around the rest of the Caribbean, but obviously being Jamaican, we, we get a lot of that, that news, those news outlets coming to us directly, that no one is posting on the CNNs, no one's <laughs> posting on the BBC, no one's posting on the CBSs and et cetera. But these individuals, these students, so they're, I mean, I don't wanna say they're kids, but they're like in their twenties. Some yeah. of them maybe even in their late teens. Now we're seeing video and thank God for social media. Now we're seeing videos and for camera phones, we're seeing videos surface i saw a video this morning of a woman with a two-month-old baby It was three degrees fahrenheit outside and they weren't letting them cross the border even though they were coming from ukraine into poland you see videos um there's a heartbreaking one of a black girl she has lots so i don't know i don't know what country she's from but black young woman she's trying to get on the train this is after they've made the announcement in ukraine to say Women and children can board these trains and get out. Men will be wherever they can fit. She can't get on. They won't let her on because she's Black.
0: And I think to me, one, I didn't know about this to your point because I didn't see that through any of my social media channels or news channels, right? Um, I was reading the Financial Times this weekend. The Financial Times was obviously focusing on the economics, right? The dollars and cents. Yeah, there were some elements about people, but they were prominently you know, featuring the Ukrainians. They didn't feature, you know, expats or immigrants who live in Ukraine and what that experience is. I didn't realize that there was a, a food chain and where you sit and whether you get priority. And I think to me, that's the sad part because we know that uh, Poland, Hungary, a number of countries have said that their borders are open uh, to accommodate for those who are trying to escape, right? To be somewhere this safe. You're
1: from Ukraine if you're from Ukraine and that is not what we knew there's another video I watched this morning where you can see at the border there's at least 20 odd African students their hands are up and they're like you know where we're coming from we came in a group we all came in a group with all these other people that they let across, and they pointed their guns at them and threatened to shoot them
0: oh my goodness so you know what you
1: know, when we think about
0: when people are just
1: trying to it's it, No, it, it, it's madness. And I think, I think the reason we're able to have these like very healthy and pointed discussions is because essentially what you and I are both talking about is the cost of war. Yeah. And what we're both highlighting is, and it's, it's funny how it relates to what we do for a living. You're highlighting things that I didn't realize, like, oh snap, like food, oil, gas, like those are, I, I don't think about those things on a day-to-day basis, right? cause I can eat cereal every day. But um, those are really important things and how these sanctions are gonna impact things and things that a lot of people haven't thought about. And I'm thinking about like my first thing is, oh my gosh, like the human cost of, why is a two month old baby in three degree temperature like not able to board a train for safety because of the color of their skin? Like I am enraged.
0: Yeah, cause you don't think that that's a thing in the time of crisis, right? You think it's all boils down to people and Maslow's mm-hmm. hierarchy and number mm-hmm. one Maslow hierarchy need is safety, right? Mm-hmm. Ultimately we want belonging, but safety is, is the first thing. And you would think that that should be afforded to everyone.
1: I, I wanna say I am shocked, but I'm not. And this is <coughs> this is not to negate from the fact that we should still pray for Ukraine. That's and right. that we should still be concerned with what's happening and we should still be worried and you know a lot of russians are coming forward and saying like look this is putin and his i can't curse and his stuff right like we got
0: arrested people who have yeah
1: protesting like five years in jail i forgot yeah. what the fine is like they're trying to wipe out people who are contesting this right so so i'm not making a general statement on russians and you know you know sadly to something like, okay, I can only speak on experience. I've been to Poland. I've been to Poland a couple of times, um, neither time for leisure. So they were for work, but I did some leisurely things and I've not had any issues.
0: Yeah, I've been to Poland. I've been to right, Poland. You
1: too. Yeah. yeah, we both, exactly. We've both been there for work. I haven't had any direct issues. Um, a lot to take in consideration there. I was there for work. I didn't really leave a certain perimeter. I went to the ballet, which was lovely. I went to have a beautiful dinner. I actually had the best Thai food in all of Europe in, in Poland, um, funnily enough, uh, I was always with a coworker who's fluent in Polish. I, um, kind of just stayed in my lane. Like I didn't venture out. Right. And so I was never, I can't say I was personally mistreated, whether it was in the airport or wherever also understand how people probably perceive me based on my skin color or, you know, I'm a woman, I'm not a man, I'm short, I'm not tall. So there's probably all kinds of other things that lead me to be non-threatening. Right. Mm -hmm. However, I remember as a business partner supporting some of these um, y- uh, new hires that we did have in Poland who were mostly from, from Western Africa. Mm-hmm. And some of the stories they recount to me was whether it was, I got on the bus and someone told me I needed to move to the back. And I'm like, I'm sorry, in what year? Like, what year is this? And at times I just, I couldn't fathom it. Again, I'm not speaking for all, all Poles. I'm not speaking for all Eastern Europeans. But these are the things that we've, I, I am embarrassed to say I've heard subtly along the way. Listen, we hear some of this crap going on in the UK too. Let's not act like we don't. It's just yeah. a lot less outstanding at times. However, yeah, there is a hierarchy to this kind of stuff. We can't forget that. But to your point, you would assume in the time of crisis, it's like, let me help my neighbor. Let me help this person. Who's also here with me. You've opened your doors to say, come and study here, be the best you can be. But now we're all struggling to save to save our lives. And it's like, nah, I'm good on you. Can't that can't go on. That's not right.
0: No, I just think it's a very different time that we're in, where, you know, that whole we're a village, we look out for each other. I think nowadays it's just every man for you know him or herself. And I think to me, it's truly unfortunate that these students didn't even get airtime, right? Like I didn't know until you told me before we recorded. I was like, huh, really? No idea because those aren't the stories that are being told. The stories that are being told are of people who are from Ukraine and what their challenges are. It doesn't even feature international students and what that may be like. Like, imagine being an international student. You're already, like, it's already, you're already paying a premium to study internationally. Sure.
1: And you already have to be brilliant. Let's not, let's not mistake yeah. that. These yeah. countries are not going to bring you in and say, yeah, sure, you can study with our elite, okay? Yeah. Unless you're friggin' brilliant. Yeah. Cause These cause are have, intelligent people.
0: You're far away from your family and literally, like, war is happening, like, on your, on your doorstep. So all that emotion already of just being abroad, studying a very difficult discipline, and now in the midst of this, I, I can so that psychologically. And, you know, I think these stories that we hear, what it's like when you are a person of color living abroad, I think for a long time, you know, someone asked me the other day, like, well, what is it like being black in the UK versus being black in the US? And, you know, we say it all the time, like, like racism is not an American thing. It is a global thing. It's just that the nuances are different, right? So in the US, like, you know what it is, like, you know, if you get a flat tire in Mississippi, there's certain parts of Mississippi, you just don't want a flat tire. But in the UK, it may not be seen, but it's felt like, Mm -hmm. until we acknowledge Megxit until we acknowledge what happened to the you know, the soccer team, the England soccer team, when they missed those Mm -hmm. shots and how quickly they went from being heroes to villains. So until we acknowledge, you know, that there are still pockets of these incidents where you are reminded on what certain people think or how they think of you, you know, these stories are gonna continue to happen. If they don't get the airplay, then how can we have these courageous conversations? How can we call people out, right? How can we fix these wrongs if they don't even get the airtime? And I think that's what I'm disappointed in is that again, I feel like certain stories are cherry picked and I don't know who decides what story deserves the airtime. Because
1: there's not enough of us, because there's not enough of us telling the stories. That's the problem. There's not enough of us telling the stories and there's not enough of us in the newsrooms and, and this is why I studied journalism and I was actually, like many people don't know, but I was actually going into journalism. There's not enough of us on the other side of the table dictating what gets seen. Yeah. And until that, ha- I mean, look, when our children are recording their podcast together when they're in their late 30s, my hope is that they'll have a different story. But until all of these things have to line up, until these things happen. The other thing I want to point out, <coughs> Use my call. The other thing I want to point out is, I really one I implore these countries, the Jamaicas, the Nigerias, the Ghanas, whoever's you know these these students. I'm only hearing about those particular groups. I think there's some Somali students as well. Like, I'm sure you're doing a lot behind the scenes to get your students back, but speak up, like, like Andrew Holness, like you need to be having some conference right now, like asking questions like what is going on and why are my people being treated like this? But the other thing, when you look under the subcontext of that, and this is someone, I went to the University of West Indies for um, a year to study abroad in Trinidad. When you think about it, some of the most brilliant people I met in my entire academic career were in Trinidad when I went to school there. But you wouldn't hear about that university. Yeah. Whatever. One of the best veterinarian schools in the entire world is in the Caribbean. So we need to also, as a community, as a people, like invest in your schools, invest in our schools, invest in our higher education. So our people don't feel either they can't afford it because sometimes it's too expensive or the classes are just not up to par. We're We're educating our people and you and I are both a product of that. We're educating our people. Our parents are a product of that. They left the Caribbean for better lives. We're educating our people to go to these other institutions in these other co- countries and it's creating this brain drain. Oh yeah. So so now you have these students over there because they don't feel like they can get the same level or same cost or whatever the groundwork may be of why they're there. And then they're in this situation. It's like, nah, that sucks. Like that is totally uncool, no. And if it was up to me, like a lot of these countries, even when you're, the war settles down, y'all would never see another student of ours again. But you know, these, these are the many reasons why no one will ever vote for me for president <laughs> so, of any country. So um, for one, now. We people
0: to live the truth, but no, it's true. I think, you know, I think at the end of the day we have to speak up, you know, we can't be okay. afraid. I think we've always tried to live our truth and you mm-hmm. know, we have been comfortable that some people will be uncomfortable listening to us speak our opinion but we're coming from a place that is to your point, promoting courageous conversations. We want to be the change. So if we want to see the change, we have to be the change that we want to see. And we yes. are raising issues like this to the surface because hopefully listeners, you understand, like the whole situation is unfortunate. But what's even more unfortunate is that there are other people whose stories aren't even seeing the light of day, unless mm-hmm. it's a hashtag or it got captured in the story that's then gone viral. So you know, my hearts and prayers to everyone that's been impacted by this. I have friends who are from Russia. They are a hundred percent not for this. They have posted on social media that said they don't live in Russia, but they have family in Russia. They also have family in Ukraine. Let's be honest, Ukraine and Russia are next door neighbors. So there's conflicts on both sides um, because there's families that live across the borders and to have that experience is not nice. Um, and, you know, I pray that even those who are far away and feel like this doesn't impact us, I mean, nobody wants to have war. It's just not a nice feeling psycho- psychologically, emotionally, financially, all of the above. Um, it's just not a nice experience. And, you know, there is no category as to what a country is, you know, whether they're sophisticated or not. I mean, war is just wrong period. So for people who are making comments of, well, I wouldn't expect that. I mean, we shouldn't expect it end of. But obviously, you know, certain countries get more publicity based on where they sit on the food chain. And that to me, again, goes back to when we get to a place where all stories get the same level of attention that they deserve so that we can see the change, right? for a better place. That's that's all we want is a better place. And we want the stories across the board to be seen and not cherry picked.
1: Amen to that. So, you know, we send our love, our thoughts. We will also on our page, you know, post ways that you can help. We will continue to shed light on stories that we think are not being seen and heard as Renee said. And um, yeah, continue to chime in challenges on topics let us know things that you want to hear about but we will just continue to speak our truth and talk about our experiences and invite you to stay along for the journey so thank you
0: thank you everyone so remember that everyone's race is different but we want you to stay the course keep running your race and you will rise to the top
1: so next time bye bye